Yep, 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 yep. What up? What up, everybody? Hello, welcome to the Taz Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope everybody's doing good. And uh, I want to thank everybody for downloading uh, this episode, this podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tune in, TazShow.com, Radio.com, on the app gimmick, wherever you're doing it. I appreciate it very much. That's the truth. You know that. So, welcome. I'm going to talk about the. Greatest World Rumble in the world's history of the history of the world in Saudi Arabia. So we're going to talk about this uh, in this particular episode of the Taz Show. And I can promise you and assure you that this podcast will not be as long as that eternity of a pay-per-view they put on. But uh, <laughs> before I get into talking in detail about what I like, didn't like, and just details on on the greatest World Rumble in the history of the history of the world and the world of the history, let me take care of a little uh, business, as they say right here real quick. So support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage, you guys, by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and your family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage gives you the same level of confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And the best part, as you guys know, it's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you and or your family. So it don't matter if you're getting your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a simple, transparent online process that gives you the confidence you need to make an informed decision. So, uh, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, guys, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. And that's what they call a Rocket Mortgage. So, uh, yeah, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. So, uh, before I get talking about it, I put a poll up uh, with uh, some, uh, that's, well, we put up all up, but the, the poll's up on at official Taz on uh, my Twitter, my official Twitter uh, account. And um, interesting, a few thousand people, I don't know when you listen to this, but uh, have uh, have voted on this deal here. So um, basically the question that was asked was, did, did you watch the Greatest Royal Rumble? Did you like it? And uh, thanks for contributing. So 53% said watched it, liked it. 22% said watched it, didn't like it. Um, 16% said didn't watch it. And 9% said no desire to watch it. So some people were like, well, could you put up an option of like, um, you know, I kind of liked it, but didn't. Um, you know, it was okay, but not. I mean, you know, uh, look, guys, uh, I, I don't own Twitter. There's four options. We utilized all four options. That's what I can tell you. So, yeah, so it seems like uh, 53% of the folks that voted on my account liked it. So that's cool, that part. And, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, completely surprised on that um, because it was a pretty solid show. I mean, if you are a wrestling fan, 
right? If you're a wrestling fan, you probably love this thing um, because it was really long. I mean, if you're like a diehard, hardcore wrestling fan, then you probably like loved it. I mean, because you got a, a lot of content here. I, I, this show felt like it was 20 hours. Like, <laughs> so it just felt long. And the thing for me is, like, if it, it, I have no problem, like, you know, doing like WrestleManias or I'll do a special, I'll watch WrestleMania or whatever, uh, the regular World Rumble or, or Survivor Series, any of the big shows, whatever it may be. I, I Look, I had no problem when it's long, as long as it's good. You know, and this this show was solid. I don't think it was great. It was solid. I mean, um, the, the production was awesome. Um, they pulled no expenses here, like WWE. Uh, you know, they they had a packed house in Saudi Arabia. They had seven titles, uh, seven championships on the line. Um, they put a lot of money into the pyrotechnics. Uh, like I said, the production was off the chain. So they must have worked out a heavy-duty deal there with the big money folks in Saudi Arabia because even Vince made an appearance at the very end of the show. So, um, you know, they, 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 they pulled out all the stops. They flew in a lot of talent. Just, just for that Raw Rumble match itself, it was like 50 guys, right? So just that alone, I mean, that, all that trans, that hotel that's paid, all those fights that are paid, you got, you got a good chunk of first-class tickets in there that are paid for, for some of the bigger cats or whatever kind of uh, language certain guys have in their contracts. So it, it, there's a lot of money went into this show, like a lot, a lot, a lot. So um, meaning that the company, they made, they made millions and millions on this show. Uh, and they made millions going in to the show. So that's called a sold show. Okay, so that, that means it's not about the gate. It's not about concession stands. I, I, you know, I know we're not talking about like a, a, a VFW hall like in Newark, New Jersey, that an independent promoter is running a show. And you're probably like, dude, this is WWE. This is Vince McMahon. They're running a massive show, you know, in, in a massive country like Saudi Arabia in a gigantic arena. I, I understand it's not a VFW in New Jersey. But... It's the same premise when a sold show is a sold show. Yeah, obviously, bigger money uh, involved <laughs> with, with WWE shows because they're bigger venues. I get it. The premise is the same. It's a sold show. So they're making a load, a boatload of money on the show they made, I should say. So and good for WWE, good for the McMahons. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, and, they, and they put on a solid, good show. Um they brought in a lot of talent that that had to make a lot of money. A lot of these guys, a, a handful of them, I should say. Um, and look, guys, guys, I'm not going to get into the political end of it of of the whole female thing with whatever the country and their country and whatever WWE did. I'm not. Look, I'm not here. That's not my thing. I, I have fun. I do an entertaining show. I talk wrestling. That's what I know. I know broadcasting. I know that, and I also know mainstream sports, uh, like my man Moose and I do every morning, six to nine a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio, talking mainstream sports. Oh, oh, the whole political thing and my thoughts on that. I'm not getting into that. that. So, if you're looking for me to do that, you got the wrong guy. I'm just. I. 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 I, I it's none of my business. I just. I'm not getting involved. There's plenty of places to get your political views. You're not getting them from me. Uh, I don't. It just. It is what it is. I'm just going to talk about what I saw in the show and my thoughts, views on it. Um, I thought they did um, an amazing shot, several shots, I should say, uh, especially at the top of the show of the the sky uh, through that that open uh, roof, that gigantic open roof, and that that huge venue, that huge stadium they they were working in. So. You know, and the pyro, like I said, was legit, the pyrotechnics, um, and the place was jam-packed. Uh, it was jam-packed. Um, you know, the, the first match of Triple H and, and John Cena, you know, that 
you know, they, they started off with two massive, huge stars, obviously, you know, so, and the people reacted insanely. Um, by the way, I really, I did like uh, John Cena's entrance with all the young kids in Saudi Arabia in, his, in the alleyway wearing his shirt and all that. It was cool. Um, it felt right. It felt good. And, and he was a big baby face. You know, in, in America, you know, Cena gets booed in and, and a lot of places, like maybe in Canada, maybe in uh, maybe like in London or, you know, uh, Sheffield or Manchester, different parts of England. Because, you know, WWE works there a lot. But, you know, as far as Saudi Arabia, homeboy was a big baby face. So they, they were digging him. I mean, he was big. He got a big, big pop, uh, as did Triple H, obviously. Uh, you know, these guys are household names. So. Worldwide, so no matter where you live, uh, you know who these guys are. No matter what country you live in, you know who Triple H is. You know who John Cena is, and um, I mean, look, it, 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 the the cool part of this this greatest Royal Rumble pay per view, I'll, I'll call it pay per view, because it's on the WWE Network, is the fact that it, it you you could tell simple stories, physical, simple physical wrestling stories, like you're working a house show. In 19, you know, whatever, 85 You could you tell those physical stories I'm not saying everybody did that um, And get the right reaction Because the people there are not spoiled What uh, uh, a plethora of professional wrestling Or high-end sports entertainment like WWE brings Therefore, they're salivating for, for just just content In front of them, live action You know, they, they, They're digging it, they're not spoiled They are not spoiled and uh, to, to my point, I mean, geez, I mean, uh, Triple H and John Cena, I think that get, they were locking up, doing lockups in the beginning of the match, tying up lockups, whatever you want to call them. It's, it's a lockup, actually. And people were popping off of, like, the push-off, like, of the power. Oh, man, look at that. John Cena got knocked down by a push-off by Triple H. And, you know, they were an easy, unspoiled crowd. Um, and like I said, Cena was a big baby face, and he, he won, uh, you know, straight up with his finish. I thought they had a great match um, for two guys more than in the twilight of their career. They're both in great shape. Uh, Triple H uh, d- just looks great. I mean, he definitely, Cena always looks great. But, you know, Triple H, you know, he's um, he's living the uh, the corporate life, so he's busy. You know, he's very busy in, in boardrooms and meetings and conference calls and all this stuff and flying around down to Florida with dealing with, with the, the Performance Center and dealing with NXT. <clears throat> so I give him a lot of credit because... He's not wrestling full time, but he is, you know, he is living a full time life along with having children and a wife. Of course, his wife is Stephanie McMahon. I get it. But, you know, and, and I know that they, they have nutritionists. Uh, they have trainers. I, I, I know one of their trainers very well. I know somebody else who does some massage therapy for them. And, and that helps keep Triple H and Stephanie healthy so they can, you know, especially tri- Triple H so we can keep bumping. So I, I know some of the same people he knows. I personally know them. Being that I live on Long Island, they live in Connecticut. So, you know, and, 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 and some of those folks in the fitness world, I, I know a lot of them that deal with them. And I know that Triple H is an extremely hard worker, uh, even though he's out of the ring. So, I, you know, I, I'll put him over. I got to put him over for that. Uh, I'm not saying I'm anywhere in the shape that guy's in. I wish I was. Uh, and we're around the same age, so I tip my cap to him. But I do know some of the uh, the, the folks that, that work with, with him and his wife, him and Steph. So, and, and they say it. Like, you know, homeboy works really hard. I mean, so he's got the money. He's got the resources to help 
with his nutrition to help with food, obviously, to help with supplements, to help with training. So it doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world and have all that. You still got to put the work in. And he is. He's putting the work in. Just look at his physique. Uh, he looks phenomenal. I mean, so for a guy his age and all the bumps he's taken, all the years on the road working, uh, I, I respect that. And he, not just him. There, there are several guys in our industry that still look phenomenal. And... Um, it's hard to do it. I mean, we're all banged up, and I'm banged up too, and I just, it's hard for me to get in there in the gym and just do what I used to do. So for some of these guys able to do that, I, I respect them for that. Um, so anyway, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. I mean, it was it was a good big-time star matchup that they had to give to this Saudi crowd, the Saudi Arabia uh, audience, and, and the people ate it up. They loved it. They enjoyed it, uh, and it was good. Um, the cruiserweight match with uh, uh, Kalisto against Cedric Alexander and Cedric retained right uh great match uh the fans really again appreciate this you know we've heard some of the stuff with 205 that some of the venues here in, in the united states uh some people are not really you know they're kind of they're not show i mean you know, i'm just i hate that i'm not bashing i hate the stereotype bash or clumps of folks but some of the more hardcore fans are maybe not giving that love and that respect to some of these 205 guys in these big buildings that WWE, when they do the 205 gimmick, they're kind of getting used to seeing it on TV. So it's not a special attraction anymore. And I've talked about that in the past, like when I was in TNA, you know, and, and we had the X Division, you know, and the X Division was an attraction and it was something special. So you didn't want to spoil folks with it. So I think the 205 things kind of spoiled people a little bit, but... Uh, Cedric and Kalisto uh, tore it up, and they had a great match, and and these people loved it. Uh, and dude, the drop kick spot was insane by Cedric uh, in the face of um, Kalisto. Yeah, he kicked Kalisto. Yeah, it was a drop kick, unbelievable, unbelievable. But, but what a match! Very physical. Uh, a lot of fun to uh, to watch that match. I thought it was real good. I enjoyed that very much. Um, and and uh, all the stuff in in this, the, just about all the matches were pretty physical, for sure. Not just that match. Uh, Cena, like I said, and Triple H worked more of a traditional style match. Um, even the tag team title match, the vacant tag team titles with Hardy and Wyatt versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, Cesaro, I should say. You know, they brought a little physicality to it, but they did a lot of stuff with Hardy and Wyatt, some of the cool stuff they do. The entrance, I got to say, at the top of it, um, the mixed entrance, I haven't seen this yet, so if they've done it on TV, uh, pardon my ignorance, but Hardy and uh, Wyatt starting off with Hardy's music, the Woken gimmick, yes, and all that stuff, and then going into the Fireflies with Wyatt was very cool, and all those people in that building uh, with the gimmick lights on their phones or whatever was really, really cool. Um, it was a great look and, and it was cool. Um, you know, it, 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 uh, again, the production end of things were great and this entrance showed it and how they mixed it. I liked that very much. Um, it was, uh, uh, by the way, the other thing too, with that, speaking of this match, the vacant tag team title match, how about the pop Sheamus and Cesaro got, man, they got, <laughs> excuse me, they got like a, a nice <laughs> for heels. They got like a really cool baby face pop. I mean, they got like a, a big pop where uh, Matt Hardy and the Woken thing came up. I, I thought there would have been a little bit more, but you know, I mean, who knows if they've caught on to the the yes and the broken Woken gimmick uh, because you know maybe 
uh, here in America or Canada or whatever, the UK, you know, people are on top of the TNA thing when he was doing it there. Maybe over there in Saudi Arabia they don't. I don't know. But I know it was not as a big pop that I thought Matt would have and should have gotten. But don't matter. I thought the match was real good. And um, uh, I wasn't crazy about the finish, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, not not that that Hyatt. Uh, oh, Hyatt. How's that? That should be <laughs> that should be Hardy and, and Bray Wyatt. Call them Hyatt, and they should just do their promos in a hotel. But um, um, not Hyatt. It's more like Hardy and Wyatt. So they're, they're the new champs. But uh, and I, and I'll and I'll tell you in a second about the finish that I didn't like. And again, I have no problem that they're the champs. I have a problem with the physical finish. But um. Uh, there was, uh, um, what did, oh yeah, I want to say one thing about Bray Wyatt, that's what I want to say, I just had a, a, my brain lapse, when Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, I should say, received the hot tag from Matt, right, Matt Hardy, um, when Bray came in there and started bumping the heels, he did an excellent job, I mean, I, I've always known he's very athletic, the way he works, and he's a big, thick guy, heavy guy, uh, Wyatt, and it's, his athleticism is obvious, I, think, I know he played football somewhere, I can't remember where, but, um, Yo, I'm telling you right now, he did a great job on that hot tag. He was moving his ass off and was physical and looked great in that flurry of that hot tag. So, um, so like I said, Hardy and Wyatt, they won the um, the vacant Raw tag team titles. They did this like elevated twist of fate where Matt picks up the, the opponent, does the twist though, and then, you know, and just like uh, Wyatt just kind of lifts up the back end of the guy's legs and there it is. It's I'm, and you know, I respect those two guys and Matt Hardy. I consider a, a personal friend. I just feel like uh, it, it, they should ch- kind of change it up a little bit. I, I just think it's a little weak. I think that when they watch it back, maybe they'll say, you know what, we could let's 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 finagle this thing. Maybe they've done this before. I'm not sure if they've done it. Like I said, I have. I didn't. I didn't see the show last week, so maybe they've done it before. So pardon me on that, but. I think, in my opinion, that's just not really a spot that's like, wow, whoa, wow, look at that. You know, when you when you have a finish as a ta- an individual wrestler or a tag team, um, it's always great to have your partner involved. So I respect that. But I just think you got to have something that's really like bang, bang, quick, quick. Uh, quick in the sense of big pop quick and, and misdirection stuff is always good. And, you know, I uh, I don't know if the office gave them this finish. Um or if Matt and uh, Bray came up with it. I can tell you this real quick, just to peel back the curtain a little bit for you guys. Um, you have a lot of say in your finish. You know, when you're a wrestler, you have a lot of say. So, um, you know, if it's a f- finish that you love, as long as it's not dangerous, they're usually pretty cool with it. They're usually not going to not gonna micromanage on that, for the most part. Unless the writers or the agents or Vince or whoever, Triple H, Stephanie, thinks there's a finish that you should do that's awesome. Then they'll talk to you about it, see if you're comfortable with it. But I got to say, WWE is usually pretty cool with that, with the finish stuff. They don't usually hassle you and they kind of let you, as long as it's something safe that you could do to everyone. Um, and no one's like, oh, my God, I don't want to take that finish because he's going to kill me. Uh, you know, usually it's not a big deal. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but anyway, so congrats to those guys. They're, they're new, uh, new Raw champs, so that's pretty cool. Um, and again, maybe they'll fix up that finish. Speaking of Hardy, Jeff Hardy uh, defended his United States Championship against Jinder Mahal. And Jeff Hardy, God, he got a great pop. I mean, because that Hardy music played, and they know that Hardy Boys music, which is an awesome song. Old, it's been around forever that they've used it. 
But it's that something like that, right? So <laughs> it's a cool tune. It gets you going. Gets you going, you know, something like that. But uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, Jeff uh, Jeff got a great great pop for sure. Um, I'll tell you something else. I, I mean, again, something that probably no one noticed. Um, I love the fact that when Jinder Mahal came out, right. I love the fact that they did not show footage, which which is called B-roll, as a lot of you guys know, because I've talked about it a lot. B-roll footage, the letter B, and then dash, then the word roll, right? Because uh, A-roll is the main footage you're watching, and then B-roll is secondary footage. So it's B-roll. I'm teaching you TV lingo. How's that? So I love that they did not show B-roll of Chad Gable beating Jinder Mahal. The announcers talked about it and did a great job telling the story, but I love the fact they didn't show it. And, you know, I've talked about that in some original Taz shows and human podcast machines that, you know, back three years ago, over 500-something episodes. It's important when you're trying to make someone or keep someone over that you don't remind them of when they get pinned or beat or unless it's a, a, an angle you're trying to build. So I, I like that they didn't show you the footage. I like that. I thought it was smart. So for those that saw it, saw it. Those that didn't, okay, you heard the announcer say it, and you're moving on. I like that. I think that's important. Um, and by the way, how about this match with Jinder and Jeff? I thought it was very good. And, you know, you don't hear lately at all, right, which I'm happy about. You don't hear anyone saying that, oh, that Jinder Mahal is a bad worker. Oh, you know, he's... remember when, when they were going to put the title on and they finally did? Everybody was, like, kind of knocking this guy's work. And I was, like, the only son bitch saying, listen, this guy could work, okay? <laughs> this guy's the real deal. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's, he's very good in the ring, and he knows what he's, he's got good psychology. He knows what he's doing And you watch him now he, He's even amped it up more His physical uh, presence in the ring He, he works a little snugger um, He works aggressive and athletic um, I, I got no problem with Jinder Mahal And I got news for you Most of you guys don't either Because no one's saying nothing else about it Let's be honest um, uh, That's a fact he's, No one even thinks that anymore, Thinks of that anymore It's like Seth Rollins Remember, remember that, that stretch of about two weeks When everybody thought he was really dangerous And I was the guy saying No he's not it's not dangerous. I understand that Finn Balor's shoulder got hurt and that would happen by the guardrail, the restraining wall outside the ring. I know, I know, but trust me, no one thinks Seth is dangerous in the company. The locker room doesn't think he's dangerous. The wrestlers love to work with him. Seth is not dangerous. I kept telling you, you know, oh, yeah, people are doing all their little shows and YouTube and podcasts and all these guys that never been in the pit. And no one said nothing anymore for the for, for longest time that Seth Rollins is dangerous. Of course he's not. And just like Jinder Mahal's not a good worker, that's BS. He's a very good worker. So I wanted to just revisit that. So um, <laughs> so Jeff Hardy retained his U.S. title, um, and I, and I liked the match. Um, right after that, they did something that I didn't like um, and I thought was a little disjointed and just— um, uh, you know, I, I don't understand what it was there for unless I missed something. I watched, I think, the whole show. Um, they did a uh, they did a panel, right? They had J.R. King and Booker T and Saxton was there. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was like, all right. And Sa- Saxton was, like, interviewing them. It was really quick. I don't know. I just, I, I, maybe I missed something here. I, I don't know what this was. <laughs> I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know what it was about. I, I wasn't sitting there glued to my, uh, my TV while it was on uh, streaming Jones, uh, uh, Apple TV City. But, but I, I, I was running around the house, and I had a parade walking through the front of the house, and I had a, 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 a moat in the backyard in the water. I had a bunch of fish jumping, so I was fishing at the same time. So I didn't see everything. But I saw the bulk of the whole show, and I don't understand like what this was and what, why it was like Saxon was like interviewing these guys. It was just... It seemed just strange, uh, you know. I, I don't. I mean, I think it's great that Jr. and King with Aaron Booker and and uh, their Hall of Famers and, and they're all, it's all well deserved, and I get it. But I, Saxon doing the interviewing end of it was just strange. I, again, I don't know, maybe I missed something. If I did, you guys could tweet at me and tell me, "Hey, Taz, you missed this." Okay, I I, I don't know what that was for. I mean, that's it's great. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Strange. Uh, the SmackDown tag titles, the Bludgeon Brothers, the Champions, right? They they win the match against the Usos. Um, yeah, I mean it was a good solid match. Nothing nothing to go crazy about here. I mean all four guys are good in the ring. Um, the thing that jumped out to me is Luke Harper. You know how athletic he looks in the ring. He he definitely cut some weight. Not that he was ever overweight, but he definitely looks more athletic. He moves really well in the ring. Met this guy once. He's a gigantic guy. Got to be about 6'6 and change. I mean, he's a big man. And he definitely cuts some weight, and he moves really well in that ring. He looks great physically, uh, him and his partner. Um, they're a hell of a team. And then uh, hopefully for these guys, they keep those titles for quite some time. And the Usos, you guys know I'm a mark for those guys. I love what they do. So, um, you know, uh, I, I thought it was a good match. It, was, uh, you know, it wasn't anything that was over-the-top memorable for me in the match. Um, uh, unlike that ladder match that was uh, for the IC title, which Seth Rollins defended successfully defended his, uh, his uh, IC title. Yo, that, this, was a really, this was really good stuff with Seth. And uh, and Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, um, uh, Miz, uh, some crazy stiff stuff in there. Skull, fush, uh, skull crushing finale. Oh man, on Joe was like, ugh. <laughs> uh, the announcers did a good job of this match. Uh, match for sure, namely Michael Cole. I thought sold this match really well. Uh, like I said, Rollins retained. Um, where he dove off the ropes while Finn was on the t- towards the top of the ladder, about to grab the IC title. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, jumping onto the freaking ladder was Seth Rollins. Basically stole the belt off the gimmick, uh, gimmick off the top there, in the, in, off the roof. And it was like, what the hell? I mean, it was really innovative, really cool. It was wild. It was, it was a cool spot. Um, really good match. Um, I, I, if you guys didn't see this show, I mean, there's a lot of good matches on it. This match I thought was really good. I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was very good. I also, I, I also thought it was kind of cute what they did, with uh, with the trainees. They showed a little video package on the training and stuff with uh, Prince Albert and all this, and and the Saudi uh, wrestlers, uh, the trainees uh, that are trying to get into, um, you know, into WWE. These these wrestlers there, and uh, or athletes, whatever they are. And then the Davaris came out, both Davaris, which was cool, and had the Iranian flag and. It was like, all right, you could send some heat. It, it was good. And then it was a good feel, good moment where the Saudi uh, trainee wrestlers ended up bumping uh, the heels, the Davaris. It was a good feel, good moment. I, 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 it was cool. I got no problem with that. I, I, you know, 
I think it was cool for all the Saudi Arabian folks and, and that these the four of their young athletes, you know, just bumped the beat up two heels from Iran. I, I you know, it, it's cool. I mean, in their house, you know. So nothing wrong with that. I, I thought it was good stuff. I, I You know, it, it felt right um, for sure. It definitely felt right. Um, and dude, this is just like there's just so many matches, like so much stuff that happened in this, <laughs> this show. I mean, uh, still, I mean, I, I, I still got to get into talk a little about the Universal title and Undertaker and Rusev and stuff like that. Um, uh, WWE Championship with knocking uh, AJ Styles and stuff like that. So, huh, man, there's definitely a lot. Uh, let me uh, let me uh, buzz you on a little bit of business real quick here. Let me uh, let me tell you about support for the Tash Show. Comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They know the deal. See, they know that the home, your home, or your potential home plays a very big role in your life and your family. That's why they created a simple process, a paperless process called Rocket Mortgage. Okay, and Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence, man, that you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And you know the drill here. It's simple. It's easy. Okay, it, it allows you to understand all the details so you're confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you, for yourself. So, um, it's... Uh, their trusted partners, besides the convenience, right, and how simple it is, their trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. How cool is that, right? Think about that. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Okay, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. MLFs consumeraccess.org, number 3030, Rocket Mortgage. All right, so I'm going to go to break. When I come back from break, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, like I said, WWE title match with AJ Nakamura. Get into the Universal, uh, also the Undertaker, I should say, in Rusev, uh, the casket match. Get into that a little bit. Talk about the Universal title with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Uh, and then that massively gigantic, insanely huge growth hormone that's how big it was like it was on growth hormone this match <laughs> the whole match was it felt like because it was 50 man raw rumble match all right Taz show sit tight be right back Back here, Tasha. That's right. We're back here. Uh, talking a little bit about the greatest Royal Rumble in the history of the world ever in the world of Saudi Arabia. That's the name of the new show. That's what I, they should have called it. That type of name. I just, I, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. My wife said, Well, why, why isn't the Royal Rumble usually like in January? Like, why is this happening now? She said this to me the other day because I was talking about it. I, I don't know. It's like, Saudi Arabia, maybe it's a different month there. I I doubt that's the case, but I I couldn't answer. I didn't have the answer. But anyway, um, 
I will tell you about the WWE title match AJ Styles and Nakamura. Uh, so this Nakamura, right? Uh, so Heel Jones, right? He's got this new music, which is kind of like, I, it's kind of cool. I mean, I, it's really cool. It's still got the same violin, da, 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 his same violin sound. But there's like a little rap hip hop gimmick in um, uh, you know, in Japanese, I assume that's what's going on here. Again, I did not hear if, if, if this was played last week on any of the TV shows, uh, news to me. Uh, but it's new to me, N-E-W, new to me, and I thought it was cool. Uh, he's got a new persona as the heel. I guess let's give it a little twist. So I, I thought it was cool. I mean, I, no, 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 no problem, man. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing I want to point out, too, is Michael Cole uh, had a nice little shout-out for AJ Styles, the WWE champ, that mentioning the late great Bruno San Martino and how proud AJ is to to hold a title that was, uh, you know, when it was the WWF, but it's still transitioned down to the WWE title, you know, championship. So uh, he kind of cold segued it all together, and, and it was like a nice respect thing towards Bruno San Martino, uh, utilizing the name and mentioning the name of AJ Styles and how proud he is. So I thought that was cool. Um, look, you get AJ Styles and Nakamura in the ring, right? These guys always... Wrestle well. They work against each other very well, and that's the key. You know, when you when you have a chemistry with an opponent, um, and that you know, a lot of people think that <clears throat> that comes by working with each other a whole bunch. Not necessarily. Um, you could be forced in a program or an angle with with a guy, and just not have good matches with that guy. And I don't care if, if if the promoter puts you in that match with him or her, whatever, uh, nonstop every two, three days a week on the road, on the loop. And, and that doesn't mean you're going to end up having good matches with this person. Um, anybody that I had chemistry with, I knew I had chemistry with them right away for the most part. Um, Sabu for sure. I mean, Sabu, I knew it just clicked right away. I'm like, okay, I could work this guy any day of the week. Um, Van Dam also. Shane Douglas, we ended up having, I feel, awesome matches. I, um, I, I didn't think we had great chemistry the first outing, and I think then it clicked. Um, that was just me. I mean, I loved working Shane. I mean, he was... Uh, Homeboy knew how to get a heat And as a heel He was just uh, he was just a sick heel He was just awesome I mean it was <laughs> He had no ego Like he was just a heel That knew That he had to get the baby face over With his heel heat He was just great at it His timing was great His, his instincts were great Shane underrated Shane Douglas Underrated heel Underrated heel Seriously Loved working with him As a heel um, Like I said about like Sabu and I Like I knew right away you know, we had chemistry right away, um, and it, it clicked right away. So AJ and Nakamura—they've worked a lot. You know, um, I, I'm getting a feeling the first time they ever hooked up was probably in Japan, right? But 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 I bet you, and I didn't see their their first ever match. I don't know if it was ever there was cameras there. I don't know if it was a house show. I don't know what it was, but I promise you, there's a good chance these guys had a physical chemistry right out of the box. Um, they're just a, this, a smoothness to their style when they work each other. Um, you know, so this match was, look, if you're an AJ and a Nakamura fan or one of them, you're going to love this match if you didn't see it. It was, it was excellent. Uh, I don't like that it was a double count out. I like that they gave you some physicality at the end, but I, I don't like they did a little screw job at the end of it. Um, I know they don't want to put the title or they don't want to take the title off AJ 
and they probably don't want to beat Knock because they feel like any kind of heel heat they want to run with him with could hurt him. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think I don't I don't think you you, you know. I, I respect it protecting Nakamura. I do. I do. I, I don't think he's at a point where he needs that protection. Bobby Lashley, different story. They're not protecting Bobby. And he needs that protection. I'll get into that once we get into that 50-man Royal Rumble. Um, so, anyways, double count on you uh, in that. Uh, Undertaker and uh, Rusev. So, Undertaker uh, coming out, uh, his entrance was awesome. I mean, because that big building and all those people, it just felt right. It was really cool. Um, and it just goes to show you how mega of a star The Undertaker is still to this day worldwide anywhere. He is uh, an icon for sure And one of the nicest SOBs you've ever met in your life He is the real deal He's a good man, uh, good dude And uh, only worked with him once Wrestled him once And I, I wish I got a chance to wrestle him more Because he was a lot of fun to work with A lot of fun to do business with And uh, But I worked with him as as you guys know As an announcer where he was a wrestler Where I called a ton of his matches And we had a good connection there Verbally going over matches And you know stuff that I've talked about Taker before and if you're new to the show, of, of to my show, basically what I was saying was Undertaker is, um, well, for me as a color commentator, it was a dream because um, he gave you great direction on where he was going. And me as a former you know, worker, I, I understood uh, he would just give you little things, little tidbits where he was going physically and the overview feel of the character. Uh, he would just—he took so much pride, and he understood that the announcers were the last uh, reach out to the customer, uh, the consumer, which is you, the audience, right? So he knew that, and he was savvy and smart enough to do that. Where other wrestlers, some of them would just blow you off, like they just thought that guy said something funny about me last week. You know, the hell with him. I'm not talking to him. Yeah, well, maybe I was told to say something funny about you, right? <laughs> Maybe my boss and your boss was in my ear and told me to do that Or maybe it was just a time to crack a little joke And you were the sacrificial lamb for a little joke But yet I got you over heavy in your match So they always forget that part, right? <laughs> they, only remember, they only remember the negative stuff you maybe said Or the joking, jocularity stuff you said Instead of... Um, the, the bulk of the match where you got them over So Undertaker was a different cat He understood the, the importance of announcing And... um and he really, you know, um, was a pleasure to do business with. So, uh, uh, and I thought him and Rusev, I, I, I love the match. I, I, you know, I don't know Rusev. I never met him, but it looked like Undertaker uh, wanted to wrestle him. It looked like Undertaker wanted to do business with him. Because if Taker don't want to do spots with you, he won't. Um, so, and he did. He he did good business with Rusev, um, and uh, and and I I liked the match. I, I liked um, um, I liked the no D disqualification, no DQ payoff where they had Aiden English get involved and end up taking uh, bumps in the pile driver and get thrown in the casket along with Rusev, and then obviously take him on the match. But um, no, I like it. I like the payoff of, of the bump on, on Aiden English. I thought that was good, too. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. It was cool. For a casket match, it's a gimmick finish, obviously. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, Universal title um, felt kind of quicker for me. Uh, the finish was it was Brock, obviously, as the champ going against uh, Roman Reigns. Um, the package was long. I thought a little too long, the video package. The match didn't feel I, I, I didn't title time these matches But 
Um, and I stepped out of the room for one, like probably about 30 seconds during a chunk of this match. So I, maybe I missed something, but nothing really jumped out on me. Uh, the finish with the spear was awesome with the broken cage panel, you know, um, and that, that Brock's body hit the, the mat on the outside, uh, hit the floor first. Therefore he retained his title creative finish. I like it. It was good. It worked. Um, nasty pump guys that bumps underrated by, by Brock, um, Brock is, you know, <laughs> he's taking that bump blind. That's that's not. I'm just. I'm telling you, that is not a fun feeling to take a bump out of the ring, off of the that apron, off right out of the cage, out of the ring, blindly backwards. It's not fun. It's dangerous. You can get hurt bad. I don't care how big you are, and you got a guy who's 265 pounds engaged in your body, falling on you with all his weight too. So. Um, that's, this bump was a lot harder than it looked by Brock, so tip your cap to the big man. That's not an easy bump. Uh, it was very creative, very cool. Uh, like I said, Brock Lesnar retained. And then, you know, we jump into this 50-man Royal Rumble match. Now, a couple things here, right? Uh, first of all, the belt thing I thought was cool. I like the green belt because the, the whole theme, the colors of the thing was green with red. Uh, their whole marketing campaign on it on the uh, Saudi Arabia deal. Um and I like the green belt. I thought it was cool. Um, I like that they have a belt for this greatest Royal Rumble thing. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with the belt thing. Um, and I'm fine with who won the thing, you know, and, and I, you know, meaning Braun. And we'll, we'll go through it here a little bit. So, you know, Daniel Bryan, uh, by the way, uh, geez, I mean, talk about a guy who's been off for seemingly ever and wanted to come back but wasn't medically cleared. <clears throat> and now... Got into this thing. He was the first one out there. <laughs> Excuse me. And he's an old school wrestler, man. He's a wrestler's wrestler. I, I know he wanted to prove himself probably that, hey, I, I'm not here. I'm, I'm out here bumping and, and, and busting my ass and selling, and I'm going to stay in this thing the whole way. And his body was just his upper body, his arms. It was, he was chopped up. The announcers did a good job pointing that out, how his body was looked like hamburger meat. I think one of the announcers said it towards the end of the uh, match. Um, Daniel Bryan really, I mean, I always respected the guy, his work, but you know, you got to really respect what he did in there. He, he worked his rear end off and, um, uh, he was in there for a long time and they booked him that way. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, he, I feel like that was his way of saying, okay, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I know I wasn't bumping for the longest time, but here to the locker room, I felt like that was a, a respect to the locker room. That's a wrestler's thing. It's hard to explain, I guess. I'm not saying he was trying to impress Vince McMahon. I think he was trying to impress his peers to say, look, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the long run type thing. You know, I'm back type thing. You know, uh, maybe it's just in my crazy mind. That's what I thought. But um, I'm going to just point out some of the notable entries. I'm not going through the, all the entrants and stuff. It's just too much. And uh, you don't need to hear that. But uh, this Corey uh, Hariki uh, uh, Sumo Wrestler, uh, Sumi, number seven, he comes out. This was horrible, guys. This, this sumo, I don't know who the guy is I don't, I don't know the backstory I don't read the dirt sheets and the internet So if there's more to this, I don't know And to be frank, I really don't care um, and, and Mark Henry was in the match And, and Mark Henry dumped him out This, this was like, a, just it was just horrible It, it was just, it's, it stunk I'm thinking it was a political thing Maybe the guy had to be there for some reason I don't know what that was I, I don't know why it even happened um, I just, I, you know, it sucked 
That that part just sucked. I got to be frank. Um, New Day, which didn't suck, was New Bit, New Day with uh, Tony Nese. When Tony Nese started dancing with them, like he was working as a unit with them or whatever, and he was dancing and stuff like that, it was funny and creative. And then they dumped them out. I thought that was cool. It was a creative way to get Tony Nese out, which you guys know I'm a huge fan of Tony Nese. Uh, number sixteen was Kurt Angle. Right, Kurt looked good. He came in there, threw some good suplexes and stuff like that. He stayed in there for quite some time, and I thought it was good, good showing for Kurt at his age and what his body's been through, and that he's in there going, to, you know, all the way to Saudi Arabia and getting a ring and doing that stuff. It, it's good stuff. Um, uh, my man, guy, I love man, Ray Mysterio comes out, comes out number twenty-eight. They gave Ray a well-deserved and awesome spotlight of where he was just bumping people and doing some cool stuff only that Ray can do and his style and the way he just, his work rate, uh, his physically, he looks great. The guy's been working forever. He still looks like a kid. Like he's just, he's Ray, man. He's just, he's just Ray Ray. He's just a man, you know? So I just, I just love him. I love him. I, I know him a long time and, and I miss him. I just, just a good friend of mine. And, and, um, I was just happy to see him in there doing his thing, man. And, and, and keeping, staying in there for so long. They showed him respect and Ray deserves that respect. Um, Okay, then we get to arguably uh, maybe the most memorable thing of this whole pay-per-view. Number 39, Titus. Comes running out, and you guys know, you've seen it all over the internets and the social medias. He trips and he falls under the ring. Okay, let me tell you something. You know, I I saw the stuff on social media. and it was just all the gifts, guys, gifs, all that stuff. And it's hilarious. I, I watched this probably seven or eight times back. This this bump that this that he tripped. It was very extremely funny. Thank God he's okay. Thank God there's not a post. There wasn't a post in the middle of that part underneath the apron skirt that God forbid his head hit. You know when he slid through under because you don't know what you're going to run into because the. The apron curtain, the apron skirt, I should say, the apron skirt is there. So you don't know what's behind there. There could be a big heavy metal toolbox that the ring crew uses, and your skull goes into that thing because you don't see it, and you split your skull open. That could have happened. So thank God that didn't happen. Thank God it was okay. But it was ultra funny. And then they kept replaying it and replaying it, and the announcers act, act, reacted organically, and they were cracking up, which is the right thing to do. Um I can't remember who it was. Somebody was tweeting me after this happened um, over the weekend, and they were like, "Do you think that? Uh, do you think that Vince gets mad when something like this happens? That he tripped and fell, or do you think that he thinks it's funny?" I don't have to think. I could tell you what Mister McMahon felt about this. He probably laughed. I know, not probably. He laughed his rear end off. He loves this stuff. When something like that happens, he probably, first thing he probably acts, and he probably started laughing. He probably said, make sure he's okay. Once he saw he got up and he was okay, then the laughter began. He, you know, I will tell you, I've talked about that in the past about Vince McMahon. Safety's first to him. He don't want no one getting hurt. So, uh, but, you know, I could tell you that Vince is not going to get mad at Titus for that. It's he's not. It's a hilarious thing. It's just it's an accident. It happens. He tripped. I mean, you know, but but it's it's I, you know. <laughs> and then Cole brought up the thing with the keg from from uh, NXT, which was hilarious. <laughs> oh God. Oh man, this is very funny. This this was extremely funny. So it it was it was cool the way WWE handled it too. I I liked it. Got a very pro WWE in this thing. Jeez. Ugh, 
that's not I'm not normally this pro WWE. I feel like I'm like she's huh. that's trying to get in good graces, trying to get back in the Hall of Fame talk. Forget about it. That's not happening. There'll be something, maybe in this episode, maybe maybe during the week. I don't know. There'll be something said by me that I'll put my foot in my mouth and I'll blow it. Um Titus. Yeah, Titus, it was very funny. Where was I going? Oh. The um, oh the, the the later on in, in the fifty Royal Rumble man gimmick, the uh, six one nine spot on Braun Strowman into the RKO uh, was very very cool. The people reacted insanely, popped big on it, um, and I thought the crowd for the bulk of the beginning of the show were very loud. The audience, the Saudi Arabian crowd, I thought they were very into it. I know a lot of people were tweeting saying to me like, ah, oh, they suck. They weren't loud. Listen, yo, they sat uh, they sat there for like freaking 12 hours. I mean, this show was like, you get to a point where it's like, enough. You know, it's like, you know, it was long, man. I mean, you get to a point where you're kind of like done, um, you know. But anyway, that spot, the 619 into the RKO on Braun was very, very cool um, for sure. Um, I, 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 I thought it was great. I thought it was a really cool spot. The uh, who's the other spots I wanted to point out? Um, oh, Bobby, La- Bobby Lashley. When Bobby came out, they gave him a great spotlight. This I want to talk about Bobby for a second. You guys know I'm a big advocate for Bobby. I love Bobby. And you know, Bobby had an awesome spotlight and well deserved, which they should. Um, but then I, I, I felt like there were some things that they were doing with Bobby. Um, you know, especially the way he got thrown out, and how he got thrown out. Like I just don't feel like he's handled right. They're still handling him like a regular wrestler on the card. I, you know, they wouldn't do this with Brock Lesnar. They wouldn't handle Brock like that, you know, and I just don't think they're doing that with Bobby, and it just feels – it don't feel right. It just – they got to do a better job with him, and they gave him a spotlight, but they got to they gotta let him be more dominant. Um, I know there was that, that little crazy uh, – that little dangerous bump there on Big Cass, that Lashley delayed vertical, so – you know, that, that turned into a brain buster because, you know, he tried to do that delay on someone that tall. That's, that's a tough spot. So hopefully uh, hopefully Cass is okay. It looks like he was okay, but that that that's a, that could be a little scary. So um, I, I thought the last two guys in this thing should have been Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, these two behemoths. I wouldn't have had them touch each other until the end of that thing and really make it mean something. You have Shane McMahon come out do all the crazy stuff Shane does. You know, uh, you could do that. Have the great colleague come out, which was just funny because he just was out in like no time and just got dumped over. It was like the whole, I, you know, have all that. Chris Jericho was was an awesome uh, spot coming out at fifty. I liked that. I liked that they buttoned up some stuff with him and Kevin Owens. I thought that was cool. I thought Chris got a well deserved nice spotlight, which was very cool. Um, the the insane sick bump. That Braun gave Shane through the table was out of control, insanely dangerous. Shane McMahon's a psycho. He's just, the older he gets, the crazier he's getting. I think you could have done all of these different physical things with all these different people and somehow, some way, which isn't that hard, work around and keep Lashley away from Braun and keep them be the last two in there. That's what should have happened. In my opinion, that's what should have happened. That That's... And then have Braun win. I got no problem with Braun winning, but just imagine, just imagine this, guys, what I'm telling you. Imagine you watch this thing and they did that. Could you imagine that? Like they just, you got enough bodies in there creatively to keep Lashley away from Braun. And then all of a sudden, you do a double spot where Lashley gets rid of somebody, 
gets rid of somebody, and Braun gets rid of somebody, and then they're both looking outside the ring at who they just threw out, and then it dawns on the audience, the announcers and the two competitors, everybody has this one gigantic epiphany, like, oh, wow. It's like, you know, behemoth against behemoth here. This is going to be cool. You know, and, and they really, it, it could have felt right. I would have dimmed the lights in the building. I would have just put a spotlight over the ring. Once that happened, the final two out of the 50, who's going to be the greatest Royal Rumble winner, champ, or whatever they call it. You know what I mean? You could have really just did a simple lighting treatment on it, make it feel special. You know, and 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 I don't know. I'm, again, I didn't write this down. I'm just spitballing. This is just, I'm thinking about what could they have handled this? How could they have handled this better? Um Instead of just like what they did um, Again, and I would have had Braun beat Lashley I got no problem with that I just think that it would have been a much better feel um, And you could then utilize that to really uh, You know, pole vault Lashley here I mean, um, you know, if you, if, if you do want Lashley to be the guy That's going to take that, that, that feel and that gimmick from Brock Lesnar Once Brock is gone, gone um, you know, you're seeing all this other stuff. Then you, you got to do a better job right now. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just a little, a little taken aback how they handle them. I mean, I, I am. I'm a little surprised. I just think it needs to be more. Uh, I just, um, really, uh, you know. So, um, I, look, he he he's legit. He's legitimate, legit, right? <laughs> he's 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 definitely got the size. He's definitely got the look. Um. They're saying, you know, they're, they're selling you from a uh, they're selling you from a broadcaster's announcer's perspective as the the you know speak softly, carry a big stick. That's him. You know, he don't say much, but I'll tell you what, he talks with his body, he talks with his hands. He's gonna whoop your butt. You know, you know, he don't talk much or that routine. Ah, come on, guys, please. And again, I'm not blaming the announcers. They're they're, they're being produced this way. Okay. I don't know, I'm just saying, like, I just don't think that, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you can't act like Bobby cuts great promos. That's not his strength of cutting promos. Just leave that alone. Don't, don't say that. Or, or put somebody with him. I mean, one or the other, you know, it's really that simple. So I don't know. I just think that, um, um, I just hope I should say that they do a better job, you know, and tweak Bobby Lashley and just think about what I'm telling you. That would have been cool. If they wouldn't have had those two guys touch him and Braun, and it is creatively, it's very simple to do that when you have other bodies in there. And then you have Bobby throw somebody out, and on the opposite side of the ring, Braun throws somebody out, and there's nobody left, and they do a slow turn. They look at each other from across the ring, corner to corner. Everybody's like, whoa. The announcer's like, oh man, like I said, one giant epiphany, like, oh, look at this. And then dim all the lights, put a spotlight over the ring, old school. You know, I look, we know how big the building is. We know how many people are there, 60,000, whatever the hell it is. We've seen them for, for five hours. Enough. I don't need to see anybody anymore. Shut the lights, put a spotlight over the ring, and then let these guys tear into each other, and then that Brown win. Guys, that would have been a nicer way to end this thing, a better way. I, I Maybe because I'm saying it. It's, it would have been better because it's my idea. But let's be honest. 
it would have been better. So, <laughs> so, so that's the deal. Uh, all right, guys. So look, that's a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode of the Taz Show and and my thoughts and views and opinions a little bit here on the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. So, thank you again for downloading. Spread the word of the show, guys. You know, drop enough podcasts for every week. So, um, uh, that's the deal. All right, guys. I'm Taz. You're not. I appreciate all the love and support. You guys know that, and I will talk to you later in the week. Adios. my space and screen names back then when i was only worried about my top friends now my circle is getting smaller all these people acting fake man and to be honest i don't even have a top 10 me against the world i've been doing what i really love haters been hiding behind the screen man they movie cuts and when i'm back